everyone, I'm Luca. On this episode of School Jack, Chad and Clint catch you up on what they've been doing on the last three years. Talk about some of the good things in education that came from the COVID pandemic. And Chad gives Clint a quiz about Taylor Swift. Sort of. Also, my dad has some troubles about his microphone. So please excuse his poor audio quality. He'll do better next time. Okay, enjoy the episode. Dude, it's been a while. A while? A while, Clint? It's been almost 40 months since we last dropped a School Do podcast. Huh. Kind of feels like yesterday. I mean, it's not like anything's changed in the last three years, right? Uh, maybe just a few things. I think we're about to find out. Hi, everybody. I'm Chad. And I'm Clint. And this is Schooled Ya. It's the podcast made by teachers for teachers. Dude, you're not even a teacher anymore. I think we got to update this intro. Uh, it's brought to you by two middle-aged uh, educators, dads, and hipster doofuses who talk incessantly about the American education system. We hope this episode makes you warm and cozy, like snuggling up with a warm drink near a roaring fire under a blanket with big wool socks. I don't really like blankets. Just put on a sweater. Okay, well, I I was just... And I'm not turning up the thermostat. What do you think I am, made of money? Clint, I was just a... It was just a metaphor. And we have a gas furnace, so sitting by a fire is really out of the question. Never mind, Clint. Never mind. How about I just say, welcome back, dear listeners. We know it's been a long time, and we are excited to be putting the show together again. Yes, indeed. It's been over three years since we last did this, and the last time we dropped an episode, we were smack dab in the middle of a global pandemic. Some things have changed a lot since then, and some things maybe haven't changed enough. Yep. Maybe it would be a good idea for us to spend our first segment of the show catching folks up on some of our own personal and professional changes from the last time we met. All right. Sounds good. Why don't you go first? In the last three years, I went from teaching back into administration. Trader. I was a middle school assistant principal for a year in a neighboring district. And then the last year plus, I've been the assistant principal back at Astoria High School. To be honest with you, I forgot that you worked at the middle school in Warrington. That's right. Somehow, I completely spaced that. I thought you went straight back into work at at, uh, Astoria High School. So that um, that was a surprise for me. Yeah, and someday we'll talk about that. That was a pretty, that was a pretty crazy experience working in a middle school, um, and as an administrator. I can't even imagine. And it was a and it was a brand new school. Just opened the doors oh, the year I was right. there. So there was all sorts of new experiences there. Yeah, that's that's crazy. That would be fun to talk about. But we're not talking about it today. I have a daughter in high school now, which has been awesome and and kind of weird to see her in the halls every day. My wife, Emily, and I, we traveled to New York City for our 15th anniversary. Our family bought a travel trailer, so we've used that a ton. We went to Yellowstone Park two summers ago. Last summer, we went to Disneyland. All right. Some things that changed for me. We moved back to Oregon. That's probably the biggest one. I'm in Umatilla, Oregon now at uh, Umatilla High School, uh, which is a small school. Vikings. Go Vikings. Yeah. Uh, I've never had a uh, mascot that I was proud of. Um, I didn't want to be a fighting fisherman. I think that's weird. I'm not a big fan of the Patriots as a just general mascot. Mm-hmm. And then a Viking. It's always a person. Like, why can't mm-hmm. we be an animal? I, I, mm-hmm. Anyway. You, were, you were a panther in high school. 
I was a Panther in high school. I was a Cougar in middle school, and I think I was a Dolphin in elementary school. So oh, cool adorable. animals all growing <laughs> up and then got into my professional career, and everything was just a stupid old person. All of my kids are either in high school or post-high school. Uh, Ty's down in Southern California doing stuff down there, which is pretty cool. Um, he's going to Scotland this summer. My uh, daughter, Misha, is about to graduate this year as a senior, so that's exciting. And Sarah, my youngest, is in two of my freshman classes this year, wow. so that's a trip. Um, so yeah, in four years, I'm going to be an empty nester, and I don't know <laughs> what I'm going to do. And then also, another big change in my life is that I now direct plays uh, there was no drama department here, and uh, both of my girls love being in plays, and so I was like, eh, I'll throw my hat in the ring and try that out, and now I'm a play director, and I don't know what I'm doing, so that's that's exciting. And then the last bit of news, you'll all be happy to know that I'm still pretty ugly. Well, I disagree with that. You're a very handsome middle-aged man, Mr. Hill, um, and I think at some point uh, in the future, we need to d dive a little deeper into your play directing. I would like to hear a lot more about that and oh. how well it's going or not so well. It's going well, but it is by luck because it is just <laughs> like I am just faking every single thing. Well, now that is not a whole lot different than the experience you had back in Virginia when you took on the forensics team leadership role and did pretty well there. Yeah. Yes. That was also faking it. I had really good kids <laughs> that uh, that knew what they were doing and they taught me how to do it Kept and honestly throat. forensics forensics is the reason that i thought maybe i could do drama so yeah it, uh, i owe a lot to those kiddos that's awesome that's great uh we should also probably mention that since the pandemic and since you've moved to oregon you and i have actually seen each other way more than we ever did during the first three seasons of this podcast which was absolutely zero we yeah, never we didn't saw each, see each other. other at all. Well, and no, that's not true. We FaceTimed a couple times. That's true. Yeah. Uh, maybe sent pictures. But yeah. in person, we have gone to two Mariners games together. That was fun. Uh, you and I just did a camping, quick camping trip, just the two of us. It was adorable. <laughs> little boys, little boys night. And uh, I think you've come to Astoria a couple times at least. Yeah, we have. And we you have. and Misha came last summer and even stayed with us. Uh, for yeah. a couple days. Well, I think that that's probably enough catch-up. I'm sure not too many people are that interested in all of our catch-up. Because, what did you think? We were eating fries over here? <laughs> what is wrong with you? Uh, now, a word from today's sponsor, HelloFresh. Today's episode is brought to you by HelloFresh, a subscription service to help you through one of the most difficult and frustrating teacher daily tasks, deodorizing your classroom. We've all been there. A bunch of sweaty ninth graders, fresh out of PE class, hormones raging. It's like being at a local deli where the specialty is onion sandwiches. P.U. Disgusting. But with HelloFresh, those days of breathing through your shirt are over. Enjoy a monthly set of plug-in air fresheners that not only mask the awful child aroma, but also detoxify and sterilize any bacteria that may be floating around the room. Every month, you'll receive a new set in the mail, so there's no risk of running out and suffering through B.O. again. Sign up with the promo code GAGME, that's G-A-G-M-E, for 20% off your monthly subscription today. That's HelloFresh, not the food box. Welcome back. In our last recording back in June of 2020, I said something like, the world feels like it's on fire right now. 
And while things have certainly calmed down and begun to feel a little more like our pre-COVID world, there's no doubt that the events of the last three years have had a major impact on how we do things today. And since this is an education podcast, we decided to kick off season four. Season four? We're really, I thought this was a one-off. Okay, anyway, season four, discussing some of the positive changes we've experienced since returning to school. So let's go ahead and get started with the good things. Uh, One of the good things is that instead of always having to be in person for all of our meetings, uh, we now have some virtual meetings, which uh, makes it easier for a lot of people to, to access. If you've got a kid or a parent with a bunch of kids at home and they can't make it in for an IEP meeting or something, they can either listen in by phone or come in via Google Meet or something, which has been nice. And we kind of have a better etiquette for all of the aspects of being online during a meeting. Right. Well, and it's not like these things didn't exist before, but I think with COVID, it became normalized. You can send somebody, a parent or a teacher or or pretty much anyone now, a, a virtual invite and people understand what that means and how to operate it, which is nice. The other the other thing that I have found is we even have still some professional meetings that are online or, or virtual, and that's usually based on sort of the content of it. And people realize, hey, this is not something that maybe we need to be in person for. We got to go over something quickly, or we have a trainer that's going to be training us, and they're from way out of town, so we're just going to do this virtually. And I think it saves people a lot of time. I think there's also a little bit of professional courtesy that goes with that when I think everyone realizes that when you're sitting in front of your computer, you might be multitasking just a little bit. And while that can be really problematic, and it certainly was during the pandemic with our students, there is sometimes, again, professionally where this, what's, what's happening right now doesn't necessarily pertain to exactly what I need to, to listen to. And maybe I can check an email or, or, or do a little bit of work or at least stay in my classroom or my office and get a few things done. Yeah, absolutely. One of the things that my superintendent here in Umatilla does with the announcements that come in the beginning of the school year when you have that all district meeting, we do all of the like fun, pleasant stuff together, uh, like the five-year pins for people who've been in the district for a while and all that kind of stuff. But then she records a lot of the big announcements and stuff that she needs us to have. And then we can watch those at our leisure. She just wants to make sure that we do it, but we don't have to sit through, you know, like 30 minutes in a high school gym listening to her talk about all of these updates. Uh, So we're able to have a little bit better opportunity to work while we just play that on our computers and listen to it over the speakers and we can get more more stuff done. So yeah, that multitasking is really helpful. Along the same lines as kind of the increase in virtual meetings or at least the accessibility of that is we had a lot of tech updates in our district to accommodate the the needs at that time. And many of those have carried over and, and been useful since uh, after we've gotten kids back in the school as well. So just the, just the general tech updates that that have happened in our schools has been huge. Internet access is way more prevalent, and it's not just in the school. I think in communities, internet access has become more of a priority, um, trying to make sure that uh, high-speed internet access is available for lots of different people, especially for both of us living in fairly rural communities. I think a lot more people that live sort of out in the boonies have access to internet more do that now than did before. Like I know that my sister who lives way out in the middle of nowhere has way better internet than she used to simply because the government and other entities realized, oh, this is a higher priority right. and incentivized getting it out there to people. Along with the, the internet, I mean, I, I think part of what came from COVID was 
and I'm going to kind of lead into our next point, is the increase in digital availability of content and um, curriculum got better. I will say that I still don't love a lot of like online curriculum, but I think there was a lot of improvement there. But because of that, we have teachers that I think are using digital content more and more, which has led to more accessibility in classrooms of Chromebooks. And, you know, I was just sharing with you that everyone in our district got interactive boards um, and those those types of things, because now we're using a lot more of those resources. Um, and that led to, again, I have some I have some opinions about virtual learning. Obviously, it was it was a challenge for us during the pandemic. But there are a lot of students, especially high school age students, that just the traditional learning style of going to a brick and mortar school for eight hours a day is not effective. And I think the accessibility of uh, online curriculum has gotten better. There's more out there. There's more choices. And that has, quite frankly, helped a lot of kids graduate from high school, which maybe wouldn't have happened before. Yeah, instead of having to do a thick, scary packet, you can have a an online program that walks you through each step. And uh, I think that there's, a, there's less of a stigma to it right. than there used to be, that doing education in an alternative way is not as frowned upon or as uh, scary as it, as it once was. Yeah, for sure. So that is, that is helpful. We should mention these are not necessarily in any particular order, um, just sort of as we thought of them. But I, I think the next thing is, and this could actually be almost categorized as in the bad category or the good, but um, the increased awareness of mental health, especially among students, has really uh, been on the rise since the pandemic. And again, I think part of it is that we are we are seeing a, a rise in, in mental health crisis amongst young people. And so that would certainly go into the bad. But part of it, I think, is also just the awareness of it and addressing this as a, as a legit, serious issue, um, which, you know, is certainly a good thing. Yeah, it, it's very helpful to have a reason for why a kid might be behaving the way that they're behaving. And not right. that it's an excuse necessarily, but just something where we can, teachers can look at a, a child's behavior and realize that it's probably not about what we, what we did or, or what's right. happening in the classroom, but something else behind it. And uh, it does make it a little bit easier sometimes to deal with situations because you can talk to kids about these problems and they know a little bit more uh, they're more aware as well, and it, it just makes it a little easier. Another big one that we get uh, that came along, especially early in the pandemic, was uh, mm-hmm. a lot more appreciation from parents for just how much stuff teachers have to do. And I think that, especially as we were doing at-home virtual learning, a lot of parents realized, oh, being a teacher is difficult. Trying to keep everybody yeah. on task is difficult. And unfortunately, that eventually became, let's get these kids out of our house. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> yeah. I'm not doing this anymore. Uh, well, and, and I think we can both say as parents, we had the same feeling. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah, I just think that there was a lot, there's a lot more um, awareness of the difficulty of a teacher's job. And I, yeah. I don't hear nearly so much all you are as babysitters as I used to. Yeah, So agreed. Absolutely. There has also been some amount of movement away from high stakes standardized testing, especially in the college uh, realm. Mm -hmm. There aren't as many as many colleges aren't as concerned about your SAT or ACT scores um, and more interested in the actual things that you accomplish while you're in school, which I think is a a step in the right direction. The pendulum may be swinging back away from some of that testing 
and entirely data-driven uh, education. Yeah, there, there are a lot of people that probably don't realize now that most, at least Oregon schools at this point, are either test blind, which means that they aren't even looking at like your SAT or ACT scores, or they aren't even taking them. So where that used to be a huge you know, factor in applying for schools, it has almost become, and this is a result of 2020, uh, it has almost become obsolete or, or at least not necessary, um, which is, which is a, a big step for, for a lot of folks who just struggle with those high stakes tests. Another, another big one is it is easier to provide kids who are missing school, as we talked about with uh, mental health and other things. There's, p- kids do miss school a little bit more now. It's a little easier using tech to provide kids with the work that they need to do, and they're maybe able to stay on target a little better than they used to. Here in Umatilla, we have a pretty high uh, Hispanic population, and a lot of those kids return, especially around the holidays, return to Mexico or their country of origin to visit family, and sometimes it will be for an entire month. Mm -hmm. Uh, And using technology, we're able to keep those kids on track much better than we did before uh, all these changes happened. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's certainly, it's certainly nice to now, you probably remember this, Clint, back in the day when we would have a student gone and you would get a slip, uh, an office aide would bring you a slip and you would have to, you know, attach a bunch of paperwork of whatever you were doing that day or a note that says, this is what we did today. And that would have to get returned to the office and it was put in a basket and parents would have to come get that. And oftentimes they wouldn't. And that, that packet would sit there for three or four days long after the kid had come back. And it felt like a lot of work that you had to do uh, to, to, provide, to provide work to a student who, who may or may not even be, be getting it. And now I know for a lot of teachers, they say, you know, check Google Classroom or um, I'll, I'll shoot you an email and let you know what you're missing. And so that has definitely become easier on hopefully both ends. Yes, I do very much remember those days and they were terrible. Yeah. And it was really disheartening as a teacher uh, and made you feel like the work you were doing didn't matter so much because I put all this effort into putting something together for a kid and then the parents who requested it don't come and pick it up or whatever. It never happens. Or never gets turned in. What do you do? Yeah. Yeah. So it is nice to be able to have a repository of work where you can just point to it and say, it's already there. It's great that there have been so many positive changes to education since COVID hit. It's kind of weird to say that a global pandemic had benefits, but, you know, here we are. But it hasn't all been positive, of course. Next time, we'll dive into some of the negative changes that have come about, as well as some of the opportunities we wished we would have capitalized and not slipped past us. Hey, you know what never slips past us? Fake ad breaks. Today's episode is brought to you by Community Snacks. It's another one of those days where you forgot to bring lunch and the cafeteria is serving Salisbury steak again. Don't fret, Community Snacks is here to help. Just send a quick request using our app and a local community group will bring theme snacks to the teacher's lounge with little inspirational messages attached. It's simple and it's free. Will those snacks be healthy? No. Will they be tasty? Not really. But will they be available calories that you can stuff down your gullet during your prep period? Absolutely. So download Community Snacks today. And we'll all get through this together. Welcome back. It's now time for our third and final segment of the show. Clint, 
you've been a busy man the last few weeks, so I've taken the liberty to pull a little quiz together. So sit back and relax. All you have to do here is answer questions and try not to look like an idiot. Uh, thankfully, this is an audio podcast only, so I'll only try not to like sound an like an idiot. Oh, dang. All right. So here's how this joke. here's how this is going to work, Clint. Okay. And the concept is I'm going to give you two things, and you have to tell me what came first or what is older between these two things. Um, I also know that you are probably not the most robust history buff, so I have tried to choose... Oh, I'm sorry. You look offended by... No, no, no. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, I just... uh, I... I would say robust is probably accurate. Uh, okay. It's just a knee-jerk reaction to being called stupid, so it's fine. I'm, if, I think you're a lot like me in the fact that if I asked you a question, you probably wouldn't be able to recite the exact year or oh, date that this took no, place. And no, so, no. So th- because this, this type of quiz is kind of based on timelines, I've tried to choose things that are not too close. Okay. You know, it's not like one thing happened in April of a year and the next thing happened in that October. I've tried to gotcha. spread them out with at least a couple of years to try to make this easy. Okay, I appreciate or that. Easier. Okay, here's my first question. All right. What came first? Publicly available internet or the premiere of The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air? Hmm. So I don't know exactly what publicly available internet entails. I do remember getting a lot of CDs in the mail, and possibly even floppy disks from AOL, where you would be able to use this to sign up for AOL Online, the only way to get online when you and I were kids, really. Uh, However, I also remember the movie Ferris Bueller's Day Off, where he's able to somehow access the internet in a way to change his attendance records so that he is not absent nine times, uh, which I think it's very funny that in the 80s, being absent nine times is like this huge disaster. I have students Uh that have been absent 22 times from my class, and uh, we kind of just have a meeting about it. But anyway, anyway, so Fresh Prince of Bel-Air came out in the early 90s. I'm going to say internet was accessible before the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air started. Um, (laughs) What happened on Ferris Bueller's Day Off may not have necessarily been the internet. I think that might have been sort of like a hypothetical sci-fi hacking. The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air came out in 1990, way before available internet in 1993. Now, I think there was probably some form of internet long before that, uh, but before it was available for public use, 1993. All right, let's move on to question number two. The first iPhone or Obama elected to his first term? What came first? I'm pretty sure that the iPhone came out in 2007 or 8, and Obama was elected in 08, started his term in 09. I'm going to say the iPhone is older than Obama's election. Nicely done. Nicely done. 2007. Well done. I'm impressed with that one. Number three, Title IX signed into law. Or Clint Hill. Ooh, okay. So I was born in 1979, and I feel like Title IX was like 77. I'm going to say Title IX is older than me. Title IX is older than you. That is correct. You were way off with 77. It was actually oh. 1972. Oh, geez. But, um, okay. I mean, still, that's an excellent, excellent guess. The prohibition of tobacco on all Oregon schools campuses. Okay. Or this song. All night long, I'll let it 
Song song. That's a '90s song. Uh, tobacco in Oregon. I remember when they banned it from like restaurants. So it has to be earlier that they banned it from schools. I'm gonna say the banning of tobacco is older than the thong song. The thong song is older, my friend. Oh no! The actual the actual law was signed in 2006, prohibiting tobacco in all Oregon. Uh, K-12 school campuses. And then the thong song came out in 2000. Wow. I did not. So, so there, there would probably be more to look into on this because, I mean, I remember as like a seventh or eighth grader, like in their early 90s, where there were still actual smoking like sections outdoors at our high school. I wasn't going to the high school then, but I remember like walking around them during my sister's ball games and stuff. And there was like places where 18 or older kids could go out and smoke. Now that was back in the nineties. That yeah. was obviously not allowed even when I was in school or even when we started teaching. But at some point there was actual prohibition of like on weekends or parents oh. smoking on campus or those Got types it. of things. So I'm not necessarily speaking just about students, but you know, that's when the, you start seeing signs that says it is Oregon law that there's no tobacco on these campuses. Interesting. I thought that was much older because I don't remember any designated smoking areas for our high school. And I remember as a as a child, um, my dad telling me stories and maybe even when I was in school of like the teacher's lounge being oh, yeah. just a cloud of smoke as teachers would sit there during their lunch breaks. and smoke. so gross. I know. Different time, though. I don't even think I mean, my dad, who was not a smoker, I think sat in there with them. And I don't know if he thought much of it. Okay, here we go. The first patent stapler, the year Marty McFly travels back to the Old West and back to the future three. Oh, you son of a gun. Okay. This, I understand, so is going to be pretty much a random Travel back in time guess. to 1885. Uh, and the first patent for a stapler. I'm going to go, I'm going to go with, uh, he was... N those little tiny pins, being able to bend it correctly. I'm going to say that it was uh, it was uh, Marty McFly went back further back than the first patent for a stapler. My the first stapler. There. You were right with 1885, which I assumed you would be. This one is a little close. I knew this was going to be kind of a 50-50 for you. The first stapler patent called the Staple Press was uh, filed by George McGill in February 18th, 1879. Wow. 200 yeah. years or 100 years before I was born. Yes. All right, that's here we go. Way, uh, I mean, that's why it was invented was to staple the wanted posters up. They got, the, they got the tired post. of using yeah, all the nails. I got you. That might have been it. Uh, so if I'm not mistaken, you've gotten two correct and three wrong. Is that right? That is, that is where we're at. Uh, I've okay, got I think two more to go. I, okay, I got to get them both go. right to Two to more to go. Thing. The movie Old School. Remember the Titans. Uh, two movies I hate. Well, I've never seen Old School, but Remember the Titans, barf. I don't know. I don't remember. I'm going to say Remember the Titans is older. There you go. 2000, Remember the Titans. 2003, old school. Okay. All right. Okay. It's going to come down to this. I think you're going to work through this. This has nothing to do with – well, I guess it does have something to do with school. But mostly this is about as um, – I don't know. You may not uh, be aware of this, but there is a trending couple right now in in the world of sort of sports and – and music. And so this question is going to be about them. So Taylor Swift and whoever that guy is. 
What happened first? Travis Kelsey, tied in for the Kansas City Chiefs, graduated from high school, or Taylor Swift's first big hit titled Tim McGraw? Oh, don't look at me like that. I don't even know anything about the tight end for the... The only thing, honestly, I know about him is that he's dating Taylor Swift, and I only know that through, like, memes. I will give you a little bit of a hint just so you feel like you have a fighting chance. I don't know the exact... uh, birthdays for them but i would say they are generally about the same age i'm gonna say that taylor swift had her first hit be first because she was pretty young when she was starting and if they're roughly the same age then yeah i'm i'm gonna go with that i'm gonna say t swift was successful long before he was even important Okay, good. I'm sure, I'm sure he was important to his family. <laughs> Taylor Swift's first hit, Tim McGraw, came out in 2006. Travis Kelsey graduated from high school in 2008. Nicely done, Clint. Four to three correct answers versus incorrect answers. That was tough. That was hard. I, uh, You were right that I am a novice at history, especially things think... like the thong song and when internet became available. Well, if you have any questions about any of the uh, questions that Chad asked me or anything else, or you want to share how you have felt the effects of the global pandemic in your school or classroom, or possibly you have ideas for topics we should cover in future episodes, we have an email address for that. You can contact us at schooljapodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget about our website, schooljapod.com, which I just checked last night for the first time in three years, and it's a little out of date, but still up. And as always, a big shout out to my wife, Nikki, for our wonderful theme song. If you like what you heard, please subscribe. And don't forget to give us a quick rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It helps other people find us. Or if that seems too hard, tell a friend to listen. Or get 11 friends to go to a sporting event and paint. Oh, I think we used this in our our last one, didn't we? No. No? This is new? Have have we done that before? I don't know. I wrote that. I wrote that. You wrote this? Chad, it's so clever. Uh, get 11 friends to go to a sporting event and paint Schoolja on your chest and make sure you get on TV. The only way that anyone but our moms are going to listen to this. Sadly, yes. <laughs> Thanks for listening. See you soon. Maybe.